Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. Hi, thank you so much for joining and listening today. This is Mandy Bishop, the CEO of Aloha Nose and the co-host of the Managed Care podcast series from the American Journal of Managed Care. This is a very special edition of the podcast today. I am sitting in the living room of my childhood home with my parents, Lynn and John Phillips, and we are going to be discussing their adventure into Medicare. Thank you so much for joining, Mom and Dad. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, Thank you for here. asking us. Yeah. <laughs> we thought it was really important to uh, give our listeners an understanding of what it is like, what the experience is like to get covered, you know, beyond the ACA and beyond thinking about individual insurance for the under 65 crowd. The fact that getting covered under Medicare can be an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Part A wasn't so bad because they send you that automatically if you're if you're receiving Social Security. If you're receiving Social if Security. If you're receiving Social Security. Right. Part B was a nightmare. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about the nightmare. What happened? And and first, you know, you've been a teacher. Yes. Your I, entire career. And I'm, yes, and I retired, and but and my husband continued working. John continued working for several years and just recently retired. Right. I retired uh, six or seven months ago. It's so hard to remember now. <laughs> um, but I've been a judge for uh, 31 years. I was a lawyer 10 years before that. I got law school and done all the things you do to get through uh, school and start your profession. So I thought I was pretty smart and things would go pretty smoothly uh, in signing up for what seemed to be a relatively small thing. Right. Coverage. Right. And it Medical seems, coverage. yeah, it seems like it's automatic, right? So from the commercials and from everything that you understand and that you hear about Medicare growing up, it seems like yeah. Medicare coverage is something that should just be very simple to sign up for because it is something that everyone over 65 is eligible yeah. to do. And they had all the forms all set up for John to, for us to continue with our insurance as a secondary through his work and to have Medicare be primary. And all of that was told to us ahead of time. And I had all the forms ready. I spoke with the Medicare people and they told me what I had to send when, and they warned me, don't send this in before November 1st, or they'll put you in with the, uh, regular group and you're using the special calendar we were going under the special enrollment period they okay it. okay and so they said don't send it in until november 1st and i i had it all ready on my bulletin board with a little note to myself wait and send in november 1st and that all started fine and all started fine and it all started fine i sent i sent it in and about two weeks later i got a letter from them saying we needed to give them the date in which we intended part B to begin. Okay. Okay. And I filled those out and then I put them both in the same envelope and sent them back. So, so let's stop and there I, for a I, second. I, they I, gave I, you two, two There were two. Envelopes. They each came in a separate letter that said I needed to tell them when we wanted part B to begin. And I didn't know which envelope came with which request. Right. So I just, we fill, I filled out both forms. Right. And they were both going to Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. Right. And I just put them both in the same envelope and returned them. And then what happened? About two weeks later, I got my social security card for myself with part A and part B. John's didn't come. <laughs> 
and then began about a, I would say, three months of phone calls trying to figure out, well, how come he didn't get part B? Okay. Right. And one, and one person would say, well, it, it'll be done in two weeks. And they just okay. kept telling you that it would be done. So when you would call yeah, well, CMS. I, well, I would call, I would have to call the 1-800-Medicare number. Right. And I'd always have to make sure John was home so that I could hand the phone to him for him to answer the questions about what is your social security number? Where were you born? What is your birth date? Uh, have you been in an accident that someone else will be paying for the coverage? Are you a coal miner? There are all kinds of questions they ask. We must have answered those same questions. I probably talked to those people at least 15 times over and, the course of that three months. And not only had to answer those questions each time you called, but had to make sure that dad was home so and, that he could answer those questions. Yes, but and, and you never called and got to speak with someone then you always either held on to the phone for like 45 minutes to an hour till you got to speak to someone or occasionally it would be great. They would let you go through this uh, tree where they would call you back. That was very nice. Right. But try tying down your father to being home in one hour <laughs> so he can answer the questions. Right. So I can still talk to somebody. Right. So, so you would think with all of this automation that there's a way for them to capture the consent and capture the validation of identity and the validation of the answers to all of those questions and capture them one time and associate them with your account and give you mom the ability to have discussions on dad's behalf once all of that information has been collected but that did not happen so no. each and every time and, you had to readdress every single right. one of those and questions one person and, would say oh you could send this in we can keep it on file but they warned me that that wouldn't really work <laughs> that they that I would that he would still have to get on the phone and answer the questions. That sounds amazing. Yes. It probably goes without saying from what we've talked about so far that you understand that mom is the brains of this operation. <laughs> she does all of the applying and uh, discussing and stuff. And I just always trusted that it was going to go smooth and, and uh, I was lazy and lazy and willing to let her do the work. So I'd be laying under a car playing with uh, stuff out in the garage or working out in the yard or doing whatever things that I was doing that was more fun than uh, paying attention <laughs> to trying, trying, trying to be on the phone. Yell out, okay, it's time for you to come in and do your thing. Yeah. Come, come speak to this person. <laughs> like, um, she would hold the phone up to me if my hands were greasy. I would say hi to the lady on the other end, and usually it was a lady of Social Security or Medicare, and uh, they'd ask me my questions and ask if I had uh, uh, any objections to them talking to my wife about this, if I was giving authority. And I said, yes, please talk to her, please always talk to her, please put in the records that she can always talk to you. Right. And um, so we must have gone through those uh, at least a half dozen times. And you have to always call the 800 number, okay? And eventually we got so frustrated that we decided we, well, okay. So I would talk to one person. Do you want me to kind of give you the I synopsis? Do, okay. I would like I, the step-by-step -step process yes. that you had to follow in order to get covered. In order to get our part B. Because yes. you know, part A you get automatically. Part B should have been automatic because we followed all the procedures. But turns out that they filed, they misfiled daddy's application for part B under his social security number. 
And since he received Social Security benefits under my Social Security number, spousal benefits, it should have been filed under mine. Right. So you would think once they knew that they'd made that mistake, okay, no problem, then they fix it and do that, right. which is what they tell you they're doing. Right. And then three weeks later, when you call again, because it hasn't been done, okay. And you know this because you haven't received a card and You've not received card a card. And you can also go on their website online and right. check the status of these things. Right. You can't speak to a person. So you have an analog way. way of receiving that information and you have a digital way of yes. receiving that yes. information. So I knew it wasn't corrected. Right. But they always say, give us two weeks. So every two weeks, you're calling back in. So I decided, okay, I need to talk to an actual person. And because when I talked to the person, the, the most recent time in the time reference we're talking about, this person said, oh, well, we had to send your paperwork from Wilkes Bar down to the West Palm Beach office. Wow. And they will take care of it. Okay. And I, so I tried to call the West Palm Beach office. The West Palm Beach office does not have a phone number listed for it. And they, in, in the only number you can find for it has a phone tree that tells you you have to put in the first four letters of the person's name that you want to talk to. But since you don't know who is there at that office to talk to, you have no letters to put into the phone tree. Wow. So then you call the 800 number and eventually, well, no, I, there's another, there's another side tree. There's so more. I thought, okay, I could call the Bellblade office which was, is quite a ways from us. Right, so just for, 50, for G 60 yeah, 50 or 60, 60 miles from right. where we are right And now. I could make an appointment there. So that's what we did. We made an appointment in Belglade and we drove to Belglade, talked to a very nice lady who told us, oh, the West Palm Beach supervisor is here today. So I will speak with him and we will get this straightened out and came back to us and said, well, I can't straighten it out today because then I'd be interfering with what the West Palm Beach office is doing and they're about to fix it. So we're gonna let them fix it, but it will be done, Mrs. Phillips, okay? Check back in two <laughs> check weeks. Back in check two back, weeks. back in two check weeks. Back in two weeks. <laughs> Meanwhile, it has been, what, 12 weeks at this point? It's been oh, an oh, enormous yeah, amount of time. And interestingly enough, we, we had to postpone making medical appointments and following up on medical stuff because we had we no, had we had no coverage had. Exactly. So, so no so, Part B. So no outpatient right. services coverage. Exactly. Yeah. So we're sitting around waiting to do these things. And so we thought, okay, it'll be done. Well, no, it didn't get done then at all. So I called the 800 number again, waited for daddy to give his little schmeal so they would talk to me. Right. And I thought, and the woman said, okay, I do have a phone number for you for West Palm Beach to make an appointment. Okay because she couldn't get through to them. It was busy. So she gave me the number. So I called West Palm Beach. To bypass to, that director, to, a number to be able to bypass A number to actually director. call West Palm. Instead of having to go back to Belgrade that didn't straighten it out. Right. I thought, well, maybe West Palm will straighten it out because they're supposedly had our paperwork at right. this point. Well, when I, called, when I finally reached somebody there, the appointment that I could get was for three months later. Three months later. Three, he said it has already been over three months. Two, two and a half months, and they want me to wait three Another months, three months to get this appointment. Right. And, I, and so what happened is I called the West Palm Beach number, and I cried to the man on the number. His name was Mr. Bright. I, I said, my husband needs his heart medication. Yes. And I can't get an appointment to do this unless he has Part B. His Medicare coverage. And, and, and Mr. Bright did it that day it was done that 
day. If the right person just goes ahead and does it, right? It didn't because they had the paperwork. They right. had everything. We had done everything correctly. They right. acknowledged that they had made the mistake, and telling them that I had to have it done, and, and speaking with a very intelligent, good man who did it, he did it. But he admitted to me, he says, we've got a pile of papers this high out there waiting for people to get these things done. Wow. And only my telling him that I had to have it done or he couldn't get this medication got it done. So your, your tenacity in following up. And that's after, not all. Oh, gosh. There's more. Oh, yeah, there's more. So he does, he did get part B. Mr. Bright got him part B. Right. Everything should be fine, right? No, there's a, there's a thing called uh, assignment of coverage where they have to, anyway, Medicare is supposed to be primary and coordination of benefits. Coordination of, benefits, coordination of benefits. So now begins my constant calls with coordination of benefits. Because, because Medicare because had not Medicare, been correctly assigned as primary. Right. Medicare was not primary. They had Blue Cross Blue Shield as primary. So then goes all my calls with them. And they also have to, I have to hand the phone to John to answer his questions. So I can talk to them. And is this and now is this the negotiation with Medicare still or is this the negotiation with Blue Cross? Well, that's interesting. Coordination of benefits needs a particular form from Blue Cross so that they can switch right. the coverage. Right. Okay. I call Blue Cross Blue Shield. They assure me that, that Medicare has had it for two months. So I call back to Social Security. They say, no, we don't have it. Luckily, I still had the name of a woman, a Kelly Register at Blue Cross Blue Shield, who was helping us long before when we were first starting this retirement process. And I called her finally, and she called them and got it straightened out. As an individual who needed this to be done, right. they wouldn't, they, they see nobody seemed to want to straighten it out. But when I finally reached a person with Blue Cross Blue Shield, she's the state of Florida plan representative or something. Right. She got it straightened out. But we're talking, I did, this This started the 1st of November. Right. Okay. And it was February before we had everything straightened out. Wow. Wow. And, and so thinking about. Or March. March. Yeah, March. March. So yeah. five months later. Mm -hmm. And so thank goodness that there weren't any health emergencies and thank goodness that there wasn't a pressing issue with a particular physician or particular specialist that you actually had to go and see. That's what, I, that said, that's what I said to the lady out in um, Belglade. Yeah. I said, what if we had already had medical bills that were piling up while this was all getting, getting straightened out? And she said, oh, that would have really been a mess. And I'm like, yeah. And it's only through, you know, kind of blind luck that you happen to have the names and the phone numbers of individuals who could who effectively take us. care of this process, right? Well, and, and it's, to me, it's bizarre that you cannot reach your, your local people who have your paperwork. Right. And then the people who nationally that they make you call say they can't do anything because they've sent the paperwork to the local To people, the local office. And you can't reach the local office. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing to me about this whole process is, especially when we went to Belgrade, which is a rural community in, in the western part of our county, uh, so that there's an agricultural community out there, and they still have a small town atmosphere. So we were in the waiting room with the other folks who were there for their own appointments, and um, 
These folks had much more difficult problems than us. We overhear them talking about them. Much more difficult problems than us that were pressing to the max. And they were having to try and, and maneuver through this, this system that we were barely able to get through. Uh, and it wasn't going well. You could tell their frustration was really high. And I mentioned our educational earlier. Yeah, college, I mean, college and graduate school education. Yeah, we, we, yeah. You know, we just assumed that we'd be able to handle this okay. I just can't imagine being right. somebody who if you were who is not with sickness and, and mental issues and yes. yeah yeah I can't imagine being somebody who's not uh, uh, tenacious enough to stick with it. I think it would be really common for people to throw up their hands, run screaming from the room, and just give up yes. and go without coverage or to show up in emergency rooms and let somebody else figure out the bureaucracy of it. Um, and uh, what a heck of a way to run a circus. It is, and it's funny, so I wanted to do this in hearing the story that Mom had mm -hmm. been telling me about this process that you guys have been going through to get covered. I thought that it would be important for people to understand, because in my community with a lot of the professionals that I see on a regular basis, there's not really an understanding or an appreciation for the everyday mundane complexities of something that should be so simple, right? So there's this mm -hmm. perception that Medicare is automatic, and there's this perception that it's it's available to everyone, and I know there's a lot of discussion right now from a political standpoint about the definition of the word access, right? So everyone over the age of 65 or 65 and over has access to Medicare, and I'm putting access in air quotes, you know, but what does that mean? So if my college and graduate, you know, graduate school educated parents take five months to get quote unquote access fulfilled to Medicare Part B, you know, you're you're absolutely willing to pay for it. Mm -hmm. You've completed all of the forms, you know, mm -hmm. you're you're qualified, you're eligible, you're you are ready and you have done everything that you can do. And it was just through sheer tenacity that it took still five months for you it, to get it, covered. It, 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 it takes the tenacity and when you talk about the financial angle of it, you also have to understand that you start paying for Part B when it's issued. And if they take three or four months, and the date had to be December 1st right. when Part B coverage begins right. because you have to have continuous coverage. Right. But if they don't wait, if they wait until March to get you coverage, the next time you get your Social Security check, you're having four months worth of Part B payments taken out of your Social Security check. Wow. So if we were someone who that social, that social security check, check was what we were living on that month. Right. Now I understand that yes, that meant we had coverage back to December 1st, which we hadn't used. Right. But I understand why we had to do that. Right. But I think it would be very difficult for people all of a sudden to have several months worth of part B payments taken out of their social security check. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that that is, I don't have a statistic in front of me, but I'd be very interested to know. I think that that's, not an insignificant portion of the senior population who are living on that social security check on a paycheck to paycheck basis. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that that type of a delay and then back payment. Well, the back, yeah, payment they, they take, they go back and of course they make sure that they get their part B payment from when you wanted it to start, which was December 1st. Right. And they weren't taking it out because they, because they, they had not they yet had assigned not, it correctly. They had not yet had done it. Right. So then they catch up. Right. On you. Right. So if, if we could think about what a process improvement might be so that the new administrator of CMS has an opportunity to understand and, and maybe address these types of issues and improve process efficiency so that more people can get covered more effectively and that you know, there are not more people who continue to go through these types of scenarios, 
know, what would those things be? You know, you mentioned finding a human, having a human being, understanding who you well, can talk to at the local office. Yeah, eventually you always end up being able to speak with someone on the national level at that 1-800-Medicare number. Right. And they are very nice and seem to be well-informed, and they're very helpful, you think. Right. They're a very good customer service representative. They are. They yes. represent themselves very well. Almost invariably, I would end the phone call thinking, okay, they will have fixed it this time. Right. But they, weren't, they seemingly weren't empowered to actually fix the problem. Right. They don't have the power. Right. They admitted to me that they don't. Right. They had the power to send a memo to wherever it was they determined had our paperwork, paperwork which at first time. was one place, right. and then it got sent to West Palm Beach. Right. So I have no idea how many times memos were sent right. to the office that had our paperwork to please do such and such, but it never got straightened out. The people are nice you talk to. Of course. And they're they're, they're customer they're, service representatives. They're, 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 not, they're not rude. They seem like they're going to get it done. And they find what the problem is, but they can't fix the problem. Right. They send a memo to someone else to fix it. And it doesn't get fixed. And, and you, have no, you have no visibility into that process. So you can't tell. With the exception, you know that whether it has every, or has yeah, not been fixed. Every time I know. talk to someone, I would go through the list. And, and they would say, oh, we don't have such and such. And I would have to say, yes, you do. Please look under John's social security number. Or yes, right. you do. Please look here. I would have to catch them up. Right. And, and lead the process again. So thinking of, again about your average, you know, your, your average senior trying to navigate this process, having the presence of mind to not just call and to stay on top of this, but to keep notes and to map out what is happening at each stage mm -hmm. of the game? Like, who did I speak to the last time and what did they say happened? And being able to have right. a presence of mind to present that information back. Yeah, that's, that's beyond the, the kin of what should be expected of someone well, who's trying to apply for a service that they're entitled to and that they're paying for. And they well, admit that it was all right. You know, all the paperwork was filed correctly. Well, I think what we noticed too in, in talking to and, and mom talking to these people and then relaying it on to me or, or my talking to these folks in Belgrade. Uh, is everybody in the system is really overloaded. Yes. Uh, the, the workload that they're dealing with is astronomical compared to the manpower or woman power that's available to process the work. Right. And so um, if somebody's on the phone assuring you they're going to send a memo to the correct place to correct the problem that caused you to call in and wait for an hour to get a live human being their promise to send a memo to this other place might not be one that they can fulfill as easily as they can make the promise because they've got another call waiting as soon as they hang up from you and they don't have the time to take to type that memo right and and to send it and to make sure that that's in your record correctly right just because of the volume right. uh, that's that's a real uh important thing and, and that's where our politicians come in because the funding that's available for hiring people to fill these positions seems to not be there. So, uh, right. so as, as a population, are we willing to accept a much smaller government footprint and, and accept much smaller service? Right. Uh, or do we want to do something well, about that? And this is actually one area, that specific problem is one area where technology could be much more effectively used to capture the conversations and to then relay those memos, to be able to automatically create those memos based upon certain aspects of the conversation. So as the customer service representative hangs up with you, 
they could very quickly dictate a 30 second or 60 second memo mm -hmm. that could be translated into a workflow that could then be followed. So that's something well, that technology exists to do, has not been implemented, certainly. Right. That, that's a specific process improvement that could be employed. Toward the end of this whole process, it became very apparent to me, especially when I, I reached the proper person at the proper office in West Palm who had all of our paperwork, that it was a very, very simple process for him to change what was wrong, get it all in the right place. Within 24 hours, that was on Part B. Right. Okay. Well, I, I think that it's guy that she reached was a supervisor. Was a supervisor. So he, he had, had the authority He had the authority access. to go ahead and do it. Probably the other people we've been talking to or that, that this memo had been referred to were uh, underlings who didn't have the authority without requesting permission or something. And right. So she had, she was able to hit the right guy with access, authority. And sort of and stretch the truth and make it sound like you were about to run out of your medication and yeah. pass out on me well, if I didn't get it. But, but at that point, I was literally ready to cry. Right. Because how long do you have to ask people to get it right? Right. You know, and, right. and, 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 and I, I love this guy. Whoever Mr. Bright is in the West Palm Beach office, I would love to kiss him. You know? <laughs> but, and when the process began several months earlier with Rashida in Wilts Bar, Pennsylvania, she was a lovely woman. Right. Okay. And she sent me all the proper forms. But she, she wasn't able to solve she, the problem. And, she, and I, they got all filled out correctly. I truly believe the problem began when all of a sudden some underling received two applications in one envelope and properly dealt with one and didn't know how to deal with a second one in the same envelope. I really, I really, I really think it began with that. But to likely. think that you have several months of people just passing it on to someone else and saying, well, now we've sent it somewhere else. Right. It well, was, and to that's the fact that there's, they're so overloaded that they do pass it on, but they probably they don't have an opportunity to give it another thought. So no. they have a thousand more people just like you behind you and likely sicker and in more dire circumstances and in more need of urgent care and urgent. You know, so there's, it's in yeah. all likelihood, there are a, you know, a thousand a day stories just mm -hmm. like this or more. Well, we know, we know there's got to be about a thousand because you have to wait an hour or more on the phone before you can actually talk, talk to, to a, a human being. So they've got to be answering other calls and yeah. hearing more miserable, terrible stories from those folks. And, and like you say, those folks are probably in a lot worse yeah. straits than we were ever in. Absolutely. Uh, so um, I don't know how emotionally folks could handle being the customer service rep who picks up. I would just say hallelujah when they put me through the chain to ask to get a call back because they, they do that. They don't, it's not like you get forgotten and you don't get your call back. You do. And it's within the time frame they say. Right. But for some reason, every time you call in, that's not the procedure that follows. Sometimes you have to physically wait on the phone. Interesting. So there's a and branching system, but it doesn't, so it doesn't always it's not allow always, you the it's not always good. No, sometimes they'll give you a call back. And sometimes you just have to wait. Wow. And so imagine if you were not retired. If exactly. you are 65 and you are still working, you do not have the opportunity to be hanging out on the phone indefinitely, praying mm -hmm. that someone from Medicare is going to pick up. Right. Wow. And I've gone through the online process, talking with someone online, right. giving all the, the situation, all that. You do, you go through all that with the person online. And then at the end, they tell you, you must call 1-800-MEDICARE. Really? So you go through the whole process 
online, and then you end up having to call one eight hundred Medicare anyway. So you've made you, you've made I've done the, it both. I've done it every way you could do it. You've made the effort. I've gone to the local to we went to Bellblade. I've gone on the phone. I've done it on computer, and and I'm a smart, tenacious, you know, tenacious person. I wasn't going to stop until I got it done. And it still took five months. Well, let's say November first to to March, April first. November, December, January. Yeah, it's five months. Five months. Mm -hmm. It still took five months. And luckily, we did not have any severe. Yeah, oh, I was tenaciously staying healthy, and so <laughs> so was mom. But we only found out the the how did you refer to it the coordination coordination of benefits. Luckily, we didn't. But we had a doctor's appointment, and right. our doctor, if we, who we've had for years, his office is the one that informed us that the coordination of benefits had not been done correctly. Right, and they. We got it done because of the woman I knew, and they had to wait a week so to, be able to, file, to file it yeah. because they had to make sure the national offices knew right. that this would have been So changed. because you had a relationship with your existing provider, they were able to notify they you, and they and they held and it. They, they held worked it. with you they to hold the claim. They worked with us and held yeah. it and right. sent it back. Because they like us. You know, oh, if we had a bad relationship with our provider, they probably would have insisted. Well, uh, can you imagine if you were sitting around in a doctor's office and needing help, and they didn't know you from Adam? And you're, they're supposed to believe you that, oh, this isn't our problem. We didn't do this. We did it right. Right. No, they're not going to, you know. Well, there's no. It mean, should be done right. It, it should. It should be done right. And it should, this coordination of benefits, you know, you know from the horror stories that I have told you about what happens yes. from an insurance perspective when mm -hmm. claims are not paid appropriately or when claims are not designated appropriately. And, so there's and the reason the coordination of benefits was misdone mm -hmm. was be and mine was done correctly from the beginning because I got my part B correctly from the beginning. Right. His was the one that was not done correctly and it's because Medicare and Social Security had never done his part B correctly and the time frame for them doing the coordination of benefits had passed. Right. Because okay. it took five months because, for this to yes. be implemented. So that's correctly. why that all got messed up. Right. I mean it really wasn't Florida Blue that messed that up. It, that it was another problem with the Right. Medicare. Right. Wow. Well, I just, I thought it was really important to have this conversation and really important for the, the, the listeners of this podcast to understand that it isn't automatic and it isn't simple. And there are reasons why it can be incredibly difficult and frustrating for, you know, people your are flawed. mistakes yes. are made. Yes. People yeah. are flawed. Mistakes are made. Government processes are, are inefficient and um, and, and not even consistent, right? So yeah. even something as simple as, am I going to get a call back or do I have to hang out on the phone and wait for an hour, an hour and a half in order for someone to pick and up? And they can assure you it, it will be corrected in two weeks and it won't. And it won't. So you, you, you heard that it'll Several be done times. in two weeks Several for five months. months. Several times, yes. Right, right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This was, this was fun. Definitely a, an informative special edition of the Managed Care Cast for the American Journal of Managed Care. So this is your host, Mandy Bishop, with my parents, Lynn and John Phillips, signing off. Thank you guys so Thank much for you. joining us. Oh, that was fun. <laughs>